This summer, uh, we had the privilege and the, mostly the privilege of seeing our, young, our oldest daughter get married. So I'm still working on the rest of it being a privilege. It was great. It was a great joy uh, by faith. And um, it, was, it was a great day. It really was. And at the end of it, I knew ahead of time that I was going to need some time away to process because I needed to be strong in the moment. And I knew I needed to be going away. And one of my cousins has a place in Palm Springs. It is July, but she gave us such a screaming deal, uh, basically free, that we uh, went there to Palm Springs. Now, Palm Springs is hot. Palm Springs has about 350 days of sun a year. And during those days, 90% of the day, it's clear blue sky. Amazing, eh? But in July, it gets a little warmer. Doesn't rain as much. In, in one year in Palm Springs, it rains about 150 millimeters or about five inches of rain in a year. Just so you know what's coming. By comparison, we get 210 millimeters or seven inches in November. <laughs> November. It's coming. And that's when I want to leave. <laughs> it's a rainforest for a reason. But over the course of a year, we get 1,200 millimeters of rain, almost 40 inches, three feet of rain here. They get that much in a year. Wow. And in July, it's sunny and it's hot. What, several days, it was 47 degrees. That's hot. I would get up early so I could walk to the coffee shop when it was still cool. 6.30 in the morning, I would walk. 33 degrees. And it was nice and cool. I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. But 47 degrees is super hot. And the only way that you can really handle it is air conditioning and pools. And so I would even be in the pool around for an hour or something like that. I had a timer on my watch because I'm Scottish and I'll burn at a moment's notice. I had like a timer, five minutes turn, five minutes turn, five minutes turn, five minutes turn. Otherwise, I would have been like vaporized. When you're Scottish, you got to watch it. You're white, white, white. So there I was, and it was super hot, more than we can handle, but there, air conditioning, or here, air conditioning is a nice option. There, it's an absolute necessity, along with a pool of some kind, just to be able to, to survive. And uh, we were right next to a golf course that, strangely enough, at 47, nobody was playing for some reason. It was super cheap. Uh, I couldn't, I didn't go because Shanda was like, no way I'm going there at, at all. But this golf course had beautiful green grass in the middle of 47 degrees. Swain palm trees, eucalyptus, eucalyptus trees that were just beautiful. But there was something strange. Just outside of the golf course, the ground was rocky. It was cactus. It was a bit of grass, but mostly it was just dust and dirt and some scrubby brush. That's all that was there. What was the difference between the golf course greenery and the desert, nothing to speak of, was water. Water. And you can make a desert livable with water. Beautiful palm trees that provide fruit, if you like palm fruit, which you can eat. And shade, they must have roots that go down to water or they cannot survive. No matter how hot it is, they cannot survive. And it's hot in the desert. It's stifling in the desert. For many plants can't survive. Many animals can't survive there. But with water, 
many things can happen in there. The desert's about survival. It's about making it through the heat. And life sometimes is like that. Hot. When the heat is on, when things that come at you are hotter than you seem to be able to bear. Someone said, have you ever had one of those days that felt a little bit hot when maybe your horn got stuck on right behind a... Uh, 20 Hells Angels on their motorcycles. Maybe your birthday cake collapsed from the weight of your candles. I see some of you out there. A really bad time is when your twin forgets your birthday. Or you look outside and the bird singing is a buzzard. It's just not good in a hot day. You know, Shanda and I, we've had seasons of life like that. Recently, we've been walking through a difficult times for a lot of different things, things seemingly coming at at us from every direction. The heat has been turned up emotionally. I mean, we're good. Things that were difficult throughout the last number of months. And there have been times when there have not just been moments in times, there have been extended seasons when the heat has been on, when the hot has been more than you think you can handle. We had about three years where all kinds of things were going on. We had lost jobs. We had to move out of our home. We had to leave town from where we had lived. Uh, we were living with other people. We didn't have our own home. Like, there was all kinds of stuff, financial stress, extended family issues, uh, people that were close to us who had passed away, people that were f- close friends of us, their marriages blowing up, and stress on every level. And heat was on us in so many ways that, that we were like, my goodness, can we bear up any more heat? Can we handle any more? I feel like I need to turn so I don't get burned. Like I've got to keep moving along because the, the heat is intense right now. And all of us have times that we suffer trials, we suffer temptations. We suffer difficult times. Sometimes they're short-term, and other times they seem to go on intermittently, and even worse at times when they just don't seem to end, and the pressure seems unrelenting, and the heat seems more than you can handle. It just never seems to stop. Where your relationship goes sour when you find that the trouble, when trouble walked into your relationship, your spouse walked out of it. Or when you are in unending, seeming, seemingly unending seasons of loneliness, or you're just tired and exhausted from the season of life that you're in as you have little kids and you're chasing them and they're chasing you and you're trying to hide in the bathroom and they keep finding you and there they are. We're at, at an age maybe where you're getting on in years and you're like, where, what does my life mean? Am I just going to Live it out and tap out and I'm done? Or will it have something more than that? And is there purpose for my days that are left? Or maybe you're new to Canada and it's just stinking hard to find your way in a new, new nation with new culture, with new expenses, with trying to find the networks of people. And it's just difficult. Maybe some of us have made bad choices that have got us in a spot that We wish we weren't in, but here we are. Or maybe your rent check bounced, or you lost your job, or your source of income is struggling, or you're grieving the loss of somebody that is close to you through that was taken before their time. And I mean, we could just go on and on and on. And I know some of the stories out there, and more than that, God knows the story that you're walking through right now and the heat that you're under. And things can begin to wear. 
They can begin to wear on us. Instead of getting stronger, we get weaker. Instead of contending for more, we start settling for less. Instead of moving forward, we're wondering how we, don't, how we keep from moving backward. And you're wondering, whatever did I do to have this struggle continue to be the theme of my story? What's the title of your book? Struggle. What's the title of your life? Difficult. Hard. And sometimes we can get in places and spaces where we feel that. We pass through quickly. Other times the hot days seem to be extended seasons. But will we grow weaker or will we grow stronger? Will we tap out or will we lean in? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Thank you that you're leading us. Thank you that you're teaching us. In Jesus' name, amen. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in a desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered. Somebody say not bothered. By the heat and not worried by long months of drought. Their leaves, let's say those two words together. Their leaves stay green and never stop producing fruit. Not bothered by the heat, not worried by long months of drought. The heat is on, but their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. In the spring, I read this and I, I, I actually got to share it at our national convention, a, a whole message on this, not the one I'm about to share, but a whole message around this where I, the revelation for me is that God, in every season and everything, no matter what I'm going through, God has the ability to, to actually cause me to thrive and cause me to be strong and cause me to be green and healthy in the middle of it. And, and I was preaching that, and then this last number of months, I've got to live that. That's the danger of being a preacher. Sometimes you either live it before or you live it after, but sure, you're going to live it if you want to actually live your life out in front of people. So this passage has two pictures. that the One is of a shrub. One is our real and one is God's ideal. And some of us, our real is stunted shrub, barrenness, little hope, weaker. But God's ideal is that we would be a growing tree, live with fruitfulness, not bothered, not worried, stronger, stronger. Our reality versus God's ideal. And some of us are living in a reality and we have begun to let our reality define us rather than God's ideal. And where we are in our reality versus where God has called us to live in the ideal, we have a great name for that space. There's a space between our, our reality and God's ideal, our real and his ideal, and that space is God's grace. And so where you're at in this does not mean where you stay. Where you're at in your experience right now, where you're at in your reality, does not mean where you have to stay. Just because your experience has led you there, just because life has beaten you there, just because that's where you seem to be, that's not where you have to stay. Your ideal or your real could be here, but God's ideal is here, and he's going to lead you forward into a new space through his grace. Both, look at these, both of them experience heat. Both of them. Both of them experience long months of drought. 
I think there's a message for us in that. Some of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, when something difficult happens, you're like, why is this happening to me? I shouldn't happen to me. Whether the person trusted the Lord or not, sometimes just droughts come. Sometimes hard times just come. And you're like looking for a reason. Sometimes it just happens. It's life. And sometimes they're long. It says long seasons of drought. There's, two, there's hope in that, though. It's a season. It's not an eternity. Sometimes the season is long. Sometimes it's short. But there is a reality of life that we sometimes sell a, an untrue gospel that if you come to Jesus, every one of your problems are gone. Everything disappears and everything, whoof, and you just walk on streets that are with gold. Everybody loves you. You get a new car and a new house, a car for you, a car for you, a car for you. And we're like, no. Sometimes the sun beats a little hard. Sometimes the season of drought goes on a little longer, regardless of where you are. But at the end, one comes out weaker, one comes out stronger. One barely makes it, one has fruitfulness. One is barren, one is fruitful. And so in my life, I sat at that and I looked, I said, God, I don't want to be that. I don't want to just be surviving, getting weaker and getting smaller, never reaching my potential. I don't, I want to be the one that's thriving. I want to be the one that's getting stronger. I want to want, want to be the one that sees my life getting larger. I want to step more into the potential of God for my life. I don't want it to be something that I read about for somebody else. I want to see it in my day and in my life. Similar environment, but a radically different result. Surviving or thriving. Weaker or getting stronger. You see, your heat that you're under will reveal the health that's inside you. The heat will reveal your health. The heat will reveal your health. Drought reveals what you're depending on. Hard times reveal what's really where your roots are in. Pressure on you reveals what's inside of you. Ah, uncomfortable. And sometimes we don't know why the heat comes. Sometimes it's because we do dumb things. At least me. I know, turn to someone, I think he's talking to you. Sometimes it's bad choices that we make. Sometimes it's bad choices that other people make. You get to breathe the smoke of their fire. Sometimes it's just life like we already talked about. Sometimes it's the enemy where he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. I need some water. <coughs> I saw my wife stealing my water. I just wanted it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he comes for all kinds of reasons. But regardless, sometimes God is shaping your character through the heat. Sometimes he's disciplining us for our sins. Sometimes it's an attack that we need to learn to resist, and we'll talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. But today, what is the difference between getting weaker and getting stronger? What bridges the gap between my real and God's ideal? Every spring, when it comes this time in uh, Costco, we go to the garden center and we buy these massive baskets of flowers. The last thing my wife looks at is the price tag. The first thing I'm looking at is the price tag. Oh, these ones are beautiful. They're also... But we get those ones. It just, I Lord speaks to me. 
and I get them. So we hang them out in front of our house, and they look beautiful, and we, we always have better ones than the neighbor next to us. They buy the cheap ones, but my wife's like, see, that's right there. So we, and they're up and looking beautiful. She waters them every day, Shanda does, while she walks the dog, and she waters the, those. That's her thing. I put them up, and I'm done. I water them on Saturday. I do one thing. She waters them. And so we, uh, she makes sure, because re- they're really important to Shanda, and we have some on our back deck. We went away to Palm Springs, and Shanda's last words to our children, who are getting outed right now, that's part of being my, my, my children. Daughters, it's a great privilege, I know, right now. So Shanda said to him, please, do not forget to water my flowers. I don't want you to fight about it. I don't want you to like have to rock, paper, scissors, like just make sure they get water. We got this. And she also sent them a text because you know that that means it's going to happen. So we come back. Eight days later, I think it was, we roll up to the house and these beautiful baskets are like wilted, like hanging down. Brown and like, like there's piles of like dead plant laying on the ground below them. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. Here they are. And I tried hard. I'm like, I think they can come back. So I watered them every day and like three flowers on one was like, I'm going to be here for you. I'll hang on. (laughs) They're about that big before it was like this. I'm going to hang on. And like Shanna's like, they're not hanging on. Dump those things in the green bin. So middle of July, our flowers are gone. All of them, all through the house. Because they had no water. I think sometimes that's what our life looks like. Wilted and the heat has come on and wilted and feeling a little dead and overwhelmed, and you don't have water. Jeremiah 17 gives us a little bit of that. It says, the one that gets weaker, the one that doesn't work, is a desert with no water. And he says this, it's, this is what it looks like in reality. He tells that picture, gives that picture to show what's happening. He said, this kind of people trust only in people. They rely on their own strength, and they turn from the Lord. So he said, there's Life is coming at you and the heat is on and you look only to people to help you through. You rely on your own strength and you turn away from the, one, the very one who could help you. And that's what happens. My effort, my ideas, my strength, my ability, my wisdom, my network of people. But there's another one that gets stronger, an oasis with water. He says, what's the mark of these people? He says, they trust in the Lord. They make Jesus their hope. They make Jesus their confidence. They're planted and they're rooted. Let me talk a little bit about that planted. There are some people who never get into health because they never get planted somewhere. And I'm a big person that uh, I have a big belief in the power of the local church and the power of the community of faith. There's people who wander around from church to church and and I like the worship at that one. I like the preacher at that one. They're not here anymore because they left. Uh, I like the, (laughs) some of you just got that. I like the worship over there. I like the parking over there. They have good coffee at that one. And I like the people at that one. And so they go around from place to place and never get planted. And, you, and can I just say this to you? Your, your spiritual health depends on finding a place that you can get planted in. And if it's not this house, that's all right. Find a place where you can be planted so that you can thrive, that you can walk in the health and wholeness of God. And then put some roots down. 
Put some roots down and get, get, get to know what God has for you and get to know the best things and get connected in with who you are and who God has made you to be. There's a dynamic here more than just trying hard. There's more than just relying on your own strength. It's saying who you trust with your life determines the strength of your life. Who you trust with your life determines the strength of your life. It doesn't seem to stop sometimes. Do you know in both of these pictures, there's pain involved? Because that's what life has sometimes. So you get to choose the kind of pain that you're going to have. Will you have the pain of regret that you never went after what God had for you, that you settled for the whatever life brought you, or will you have the pain of growth? Because growth means change, and change means pain. But at the end of pain, there's progress. And at the end of pain, there's a promotion. At the end of pain and difficulty, there's something more that God has for you. But there is two kinds of pain, and you get to choose whether it's the pain of looking back and saying regret or looking forward and saying, I'm going to go through this challenge. I'm going to get through this issue. I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to be stronger. I'm not just going to hang on. I'm going to be stronger, and I'm going to trust Jesus because who I trust with my life determines the strength of my life. Because the bottom line is that God has something for you and he wants to cause you to be stronger through difficulty, stronger through pain, that you can be what he's called you to be. I was reading about this while I was researching uh, about things that get stronger, why some plants are able to weather heat and others aren't. It's very interesting. This one farmer who his, it's called a thing called like, I think called dry earth or farming or dry farming. And he would plant his, his uh, trees and his always did better than the other people around him. And they asked him, well, what happens? He says, well, when my trees are small, I just give them just enough. There's a season while they're small. I give them just enough to survive. And they said, why? He said, because I want them to learn to put their roots down deep and go after water that's there. If I give them what they want when they want it, they will never get the strength that they need when the heat is on. Wow. And he said the other guys who were always giving their plants water, when there was no water, theirs died and his thrived. Interesting. So when dry seasons come, are your roots gone, gone down deep enough? And actually, sometimes what God is doing in you is training you so that your roots grow down a little deeper and you go a little, get from a deeper source than just your job, get from a deeper source than your bank account, get from a deeper source than your friends, get from a deeper source than your own wisdom, get from a deeper source than your own smarts, get from a deeper source than your network of people, and you actually begin, because the heat is on, begin to let your roots go down a little deeper. Because whatever the reason is that the heat is on, when you are a follower of Jesus, we are not victims of the heat. You can grow stronger. Whenever, the, uh, whenever it's your fault or not, you can grow stronger. Whether it's the fault of somebody else, you can still grow stronger. Just because it's life, you can still grow stronger. If it's an attack of the enemy, you can still grow stronger. Your identity, your future, your purpose is not determined by the heat you're under, by the drought you're in the middle of. It's determined by where you draw your water from because where you draw your water from is to determine the strength of your life because who you trust with your life determines the strength of your life. I love what Romans 8.28 says this. We are convinced, this is the Passion Translation, we are convinced that every detail of our life is continually woven together into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our life. 
Everything that God does in your life, everything that is allowed into your life, when you are a follower of Jesus, he has the incredible ability to cause bad things to become turned into good. He, ha- he has the ability to turn confusion into order. He has the ability to turn brokenness into wholeness. He has the ability to transform you. When you let your roots go down deeper than your own experience, your own ability, your own strength, then the power of Jesus begins to work inside of you and does what you could never do on your own. You see, we actually believe that Jesus makes your life what it could be. We need Jesus. It's not a good book that we believe only. It's a Savior that we need desperately because who you trust with your life determines the strength of your life. He's a God who specializes in bringing dead things to life. He's a God who does, takes everything the enemy intended for evil and turns it around for your good and his glory. I love what 1 Corinthians 125 says that God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. And some of us have only ever learned to trust in our strength. And the heat has come on your life because God wants to reveal himself stronger to you because what's in front of you will not be able to be gone through with your level of strength. And so God says, I'm going to put some little bit of heat on you so your roots will go down and you'll be able to step forward with some strength that you didn't even know you had. God's weakness is stronger than your greatest strength. Let me speak to a couple things right now. Uh, Some people have called this the age of anxiety. The age of anxiety. And where anxiety begins so young in little kids. And I've heard and prayed with little kids, eight, nine years old, that are just struggling with anxiety, struggling to go to school, struggling to have friends and all kinds of stuff, just anxious in so many ways. And adults of every age struggling under this in so many ways. I want you to know, if your reality is, I feel like I'm a stunted bush right now. I feel like there is no hope. I feel barren. I want you to know that there is no judgment on you. I want you to know that what you feel right now, what you're experiencing right now, is not God's end game on your life. It's not God punishing you because you've been bad. It's not God working you over because he doesn't like you. He is for you. And the battle that you're in right now can be won. The battle that you're in right now can be overcome. You can walk in peace. Right now it might not feel like it, and right now you might even be anxious as I talk about it, and, but right now I want you to know that Jesus can help you to be stronger. You can overcome. You can overcome. But let me also say, in that space between your real and God's ideal, we believe the best in you. We believe the best for you, that God's grace can empower you, that, that you should also see your counselor. You should also go to your doctor, and you are a whole being, and a holistic approach can bring you freedom that you long for in your heart. But do not neglect letting your roots go down deep into Jesus. If you need medication, you get medication. If you need counseling, you get counseling, and you always need the help of Jesus in your life. But you are not judged. You are not less than. You are not overlooked by God. And as the worship team comes, I also want to talk about depression. I have someone in my family. I had someone in my family 
that took his own life as he suffered under this terrible thing of depression. And I'm not talking about momentary moments of the blues or momentary bouts of discouragement. Those are serious but usually manageable. Depression is a medical condition as well that's often caused by long-term stress or traumatic events. It could indicate hormonal problems. It's not other medical issues. It's not something you just shake off. Do not ignore it. Do not ignore it. Do not ignore it. I've seen it. People struggle through and ignore it, and it never helps. Get prayer you need. Don't avoid the, the doctor as some great act of faith. Don't avoid the counselor because it's for weaklings. Please, 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 do not leave it unchecked. Do not leave it neglected. The number two cause of death for males between the ages of 15 and 44 is suicide. No matter what you're feeling right now, you are loved by God. You are seen by God. But for all of us, Jesus said this to the Apostle Paul when he was in significant heat that he wanted to stop. Jesus said, my grace, my power is sufficient for you. For my power is shown greatest in your weakness. You're not excluded from getting stronger. No one's excluded from getting stronger. Everyone's road will look a little different. Everyone's story has different chapters, but you're not. No one, no matter what struggle you're under right now, is overlooked or forgotten by Jesus. I am who he says I am. There's two times when you can say that. I am who he says I am. You can say it as a thank you, God. I get it. But sometimes you got to say it as an act of faith. I am who he says I am. I am who he says I am. And you, you are who you say you are. You are for me. You are not against me. You see me. You know me. I was, got into the shower this morning, and this is where some of the greatest, my greatest revelations come is in the shower. Psalm 23 says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I want you to show some, see you something. What does the presence of a shadow indicate? Light. What are you more attuned to, the death or the person behind death creating a shadow? Who is the light of the world? Jesus. So as death is breathing down my neck, you know who's breathing down the neck of the devil? The light of the world. Because there's a shadow that's being thrown. And so I'm, all I sense is this, oh my goodness, I, I feel the heat of he breathing down my neck and I feel the pressure and I feel all that. But there's a shadow, but be, there's a reason there's a shadow is because there's a light and there's the light of the world. Jesus is for me. He's not against me. He's, he's, he's surrounded me with his favor. He surrounded me with his protection. And though I walk through trouble, he will revive me. Though I walk through the water, I will not be overwhelmed. Though I walk through the fire, I will not be burned. 
Lord, I will not be overcome because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And I'm going to let my roots grow down a little deeper. And I'm going to let my trust grow a little higher. And I'm going to dig into a God a little bit more because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No matter what pressure I'm under, no matter what heat is beating down on me, the light of the world is for me. And somebody needs to hear that this morning. I felt it so strongly this morning that the pressure you're under is not going to determine your life. That the Jesus that you serve determines your life. And when you begin to go after God, God has already been going after you. And He's empowering you. And He's building you. And your roots are growing down. And you're going to see a fruitfulness that comes in your life. You're going to see God do something in you that has always been impossible for you. That's the Jesus we serve. I didn't have a nice, tidy little message this morning. I just, Jesus, who I trust with my life, determines the strength of my life. I invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to respond. Look at that. I'm done early. How does that happen? I am who you say I am. You are who you say you are. I'm going to stay green. I'm never going to stop producing fruit because I am planted by rivers of water, the very presence of Jesus. If you're here, if you are here this morning and you have never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, you say, Craig, I want to see that fruitfulness in my life. The first step is to say, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you to be the forgiver and the leader of my life. And see what happens is you get transplanted out of the desert and you get placed and replanted into the house of the Lord, into the presence of God. And he begins to plant you and tend you and feed you and water you and grow you. And where you once we're all alone in a desert, how am I ever going to... God transplants you into this place. Yes, the heat may come. Yes, the, the, it may beat down on you, but God is for you. He's not against you. He's building in you. He's strengthening you. He's bringing fruitfulness out of your life. And what seemed impossible becomes possible in God. You are for me, not against me. So bow your head and close your eyes for a moment just to give privacy to the people around you. If you're here this morning on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to throw your hand up. If you're here this morning and do not know Jesus, and you say, Craig, I want to make Jesus the forgiver and leader of my life for the very first time. I need Jesus. On the count of three, one, and you're going to, what you're doing by that is saying, Jesus, lead my life. Two, you're saying, Jesus, I want to be transplanted from where I am into what you have for my life. Three, just throw up your hand if that's you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And as you pray, as we're going to pray, and I'm going to pray, and if you would pray this prayer in your heart. Jesus, I thank you that you are the forgiver and the leader of my life. I confess that I am a sinner, and I need you, Jesus. And I thank you that because of Jesus, I am transplanted from loneliness, from fear, from isolation, from being apart from God from being outside of God to being brought into family, to being brought into the kingdom of God, that fruitfulness could come and flow in my life. Thank you, Lord. If you're a follower of Jesus, I'm going to ask you to respond as well. This is something that I do regularly with people. I'm going to ask you in a moment just to put your hands like a cup. You don't have to do it yet. 
And I'm going to ask you, we're going to take a moment, we have some time. I'm just going to say, Holy Spirit, what am I not trusting you with? What am I not trusting you with? For some of you, it might be a big issue. Some of you, it might be something that's seemingly small. But the mark of a fruitful life, the mark of a life growing stronger, is saying, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. The heat is on, but I trust you. Season of drought, but I trust you. So I'm just going to take a moment, just to ask Jesus that question. Maybe put your hands like a, like a little cup, like that. And then, in a moment, so just picture yourself, just close your eyes and picture yourself, ask Jesus, Holy Spirit that question, what am I not trusting with? And then when he identifies it, Lord, I release it and put it into the cup, as it were. Some of you, it's going to be your marriage. Some of you, it might be a health. Some of you, it's your future. I don't know, but Jesus does, so we're just going to give about 30 seconds. Holy Spirit, what am I not trusting you with? I'm going to pray. And when I'm done praying, I just want you to just kind of lift your hands. Just keep them in this cup right now. Just like, Lord, I'm releasing it to you. So, Lord Jesus, for each and every person, Lord, that's ready to say, Lord, I trust you with that. Father, I thank you that as you, they release it to you, Lord, that they're going to find a new grace for the space between their reality and your ideal. Between their real and your ideal. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we choose to trust you. We trust you with our marriage. We trust you with our home. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our school. We trust you with our university. We trust you with our relationship. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. Trust you with my addiction. I trust you with my brokenness. I trust you with my whatever. And when you're ready to release it to Jesus, just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Lord, for just a grace being released right now, Lord Jesus. A grace for the space between their re our real and your ideal. In the strong name of Jesus, we're going to sing this song. Close out as we go. Let it be our declaration.